There you How are. are you? What's up, man? Good to see you. <laughs> I admire How are you, the... man? How are you? I'm solid. It's it's like what 9:40 here, so I just got done with my morning run on the beach, and you know, I'm I'm about to go do some yoga. Yeah, yeah. I saw this. your I saw Instagram stories. They're 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 quite good. I mean, they're really they're really motivating. Thank you. Yeah, that's the goal. You know, try to bring people along in the mindset that I'm that I'm trying to develop for myself by by really rewriting a lot of the agreements that I have of myself. You know. <clears throat> this thing i i heard this thing very uh, recently that actually uh, there there is very less motivation very less morale building in this world than before or what uh, i mean uh, uh, i mean more than what is actually needed oh there's more morale building than what we need no, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, uh, I'm sorry. There is less morale building. I mean, there is less motivation in the world uh, compared to what is needed in this world. True. Yeah, I think so. And that's why it's, I'm, I'm sort of surprised at how much there is on Instagram and seems to be how much demand there is for that because, well, you don't you don't really know either because, I mean, the way I experience Instagram is built for me. You know, they have their knowledge about what I look at and then they feed me things that I look at you know so it's yes. hard to tell yes. sometimes but it seems like there's a lot of motivation content and um, <clears throat> it's kind of good it's kind of bad I kind of look at it like I don't want to be another one of those people I got to distinguish myself to some extent and be different but at the so, same yeah. time Instagram's a that pretty good method um, or mode of like finding short clips that you can kind of just swipe through and find good short audio clips and some of the audio stuff you're making i'm really i'm a really big fan of so the the uh, i mean the peterson wave the uh, this thing you know jordan peterson and a few of few of the people they've created this wave i mean um, before them uh, it's it was uh, actually like uh, uh, I'm from India and here uh, the kind of motivators we have they they are actually uh, not really philosophers mm. not very uh, deep no, uh, they are not resolving anything so I can say that okay you can do it you can do it you can do it but I'm not telling you how to do it exactly that's what I like about your page. And, and that's something that I wanted to and why I posted a couple of my posts about truth, because it's like, I think you can, you can benefit from hearing their conclusions or just like their takeaways that they give you in 30 seconds. But I think it's good to have a deeper investigation of the truth and what values underlie the conclusions that you're coming to, because it really is rooted in their values, right? So you have to question what's their value that they're that they're putting up there you know for example there was this one australian person that I, uh, that i met uh, at this instagram and uh, the person uh, he told me that okay uh, we were discussing about our thinking uh, uh, thinking models how do you think how do i think how do i mm -hmm. deal with tragedy how do you deal with tragedy so i was like i was very naive and you know very very kiddish uh, in my way so i said i think about uh, the the uh, i mean the uh, the the problem at hand i think about it 
and i keep thinking about it and i and i just keep thinking till i till i really solve resolve it you know i like the you know whole the elon musk thing and you know the whole uh, hard working and the productivity and you know you, you get you get uh, behind something and you resolve it and this and that i i was really proud of that thinking so uh, the person actually heard me very patiently and he said this is not good hmm. this this uh, your thinking model is not good overthinking this is not good hmm. so i said okay what what part do you do you disagree with right so he said okay uh, he said uh, if i am unhappy with something i will set goals to overcome the issues the overcome the fraction with which i am unhappy i will set goals for example i have issues with my landlord or i have issues in university or i have issues with, at work i have issues with my father so the weight of that tragedy uh, sometimes it is so much and there is there is a need in us to resolve things immediately immediately resolve things as soon as possible as soon as possible so this this approach well with us so if if we set very practical long term goals then we can you know we uh, our our uh, our body our brain adapts to it and we sort of uh, resolve the issue slowly and you mm. know uh, productively interesting if, idea if i'm able to arti- articulate yeah. yeah yeah i mean what i'm getting from what you're saying is that it's a natural probably human reaction to see a problem, identify it, analyze it, work out how you can fix it and then just expect it to be done, you know, go right at it, fix it right now. And yeah. he's saying it might be more constructive to take some time and just plan to set a goal to have it be resolved over time and gradually get there. It's really very difficult. I tried it. If there's an issue at hand and uh, it's troubling you and uh, for example some something is there it is causing you pain or it is uh, causing you irritation or it is ca- causing you annoyance mm-hmm. it's really very difficult to not resolve it immediately and to wait and right. to plan and uh, to set a goal uh, uh, i thought it was very impractical but when i started doing it mm. it completely changed my way of thinking it wow. uh, it made me better Can you is there something that you'd feel comfortable sharing as the example that you were able to apply it to? Uh so so yeah all the time work work uh, if if there, there is there is some issue uh, that you know uh, uh, there there is there are some problems that are coming up there uh, uh, repeatedly for example uh, some some client or some uh, some coworker is giving uh, some some issue or there is some business need uh, 
and we try to resolve it quickly quickly we don't set goals okay we should ask ourselves this question hmm. how much time this thing would take should take how much time this should take okay probably 3 days so hmm. our uh, our brain tells us okay resolve it immediately but from the experience you say no not 3 days maybe 5 days so you plan accordingly you do your uh, one day effort or uh, you, uh, whatever five day effort on daily basis mm-hmm. three day th- three uh, sorry three hour effort on daily basis the two hour effort on daily basis and sort of your your productivity sort of adds all the fractions they add they very very uh, comfortably they add and they produce a very nice result Hmm, interesting. That is a new way of looking at it. Yeah, they could they complement each other. Your subsequent efforts, what you're doing. I think it's good to let some time pass too, and because you, you're a different person when you wake up the next day, you know, you'll approach that message differently. You'll approach the whole perspective of the problem differently. You'll see it differently. You'll be in a different mood, you know. So. It's pretty interesting because I've had, I'll share something. I've had a, a kind of a bigger business problem like that going for like a month or two where <clears throat> in my business, I had to make a communication to investors and it was like, what do I say to them? You know, how much detail do I give? It was a very complex question. You know, do I write a letter? Do I provide screenshots and all this stuff? Or do I just keep it like a short kind of, you know, summary? Do I do a video? And, and so I recorded a few different videos, a few different trials of like, let's try a message today. Let's see what it looks like. Maybe I can edit it down or, you know, then I'll start writing the letter from the message that I practiced talking first. But I would take a, I, so I took a series of videos over the last couple of weeks, all communicating the same message, you know, at different times. And, and the messages kept getting shorter and more concise and more clear. And, and eventually the, the one that I sent them was the last, the last version of the most recent version. So it's kind of like the version of you is constantly improving. If you're, if you're continuing to try, you know, sometimes people devolve too, but if you're continuing to try to improve, you're going to get better and better versions. The, the more times you do it, it's actually the opposite though. that I found with like, if you try to do something like with video the same day, a couple of times, like if I try to take an Instagram video one, one time and I'm like, yeah, it's not that good. Let me try it again usually yeah. the, the first version for me is usually the best so it's, yes. it's kind of weird on a shorter time scale the first one's the best because it's you know your genuine heart you're opening up but on a longer time scale it's uh it's usually the most recent version of you that so there is there are two things one is the philosophy of uh consequence and there there is one thing philosophy of opportunity so when we when we in the real world actually there there are events there are things happening all the time mm-hmm. and there there is us we can do efforts to either prevent those negative events or we can avoid those events mm-hmm. so you know a world which is pretty interesting you 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 would observe that we cannot stop some things so it's like 
consequence and the effort so we must ask ourselves what is the best thing that we can do to prevent this or what is the best thing what is the best practice to do this 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 and this but we cannot promise ourselves that this will happen so for examples for example some user some youtube youtubers they promise themselves that i will have 1 million subscribers by say july end of july or i will i will earn this much money by the end of let's say october so this this is not this is not a good promise so as german philosopher nietzsche says that you can promise feelings but you cannot promise actions oh sorry uh he said right. you can promise actions but you can not promise feelings right so uh, you you can sort of do things to um repair the tragedy but you cannot exactly promise the consequence that okay this will happen in the future you can you can contribute you right. can give efforts but you cannot create the consequence i agree with that seems pretty promise pretty and same with the marriage also you know uh, the definition of marriage that i will stay with you for the rest of my life i will do this for the rest of my life or uh, for example in legal contracts uh, i will pay you this amount of money i will this so we can promise actions but we cannot promise promise feelings mm-hmm. so ma- in case of marriage we cannot promise someone that you will be uh, the one will be able to love a person for right. you know let's say 60 years it's not in his or her power the person will evolve in the time and the op- the, the the partner also will evolve within the time they cannot they don't have the power to promise each other anything dude it's so funny you're bringing this up because this is exactly what i've been philosophizing a lot about is exactly this idea with the marriage and with longer term relationships you know it's it's like i've been i've been with a strong belief holding for a long time i've held a strong belief that you should be able to communicate how you feel and the other person should accept you or not accept you but you have to start out with like the truth about you and they should try to understand you for who you are instead of you know confining you or expecting you to meet these different expectations that they have and then they they hold themselves to that same ideal they think that they're going to you know love you for the rest of their life and they can't promise that it just really goes back to the same thing it's like I've questioned the viability of the marriage promise for a long time. So uh so uh, uh in uh, there is this uh, interesting fraction in this discussion also this uh, this part also okay love so love between opposite sex so in poetry we see that okay we say that oh i see your hairs and the, your hairs falling and you know my heart beats and the way you talk i i i really love that i i want to i want to uh, be with you on the beaches and this and that and the, this long poetry things actually 
there has been a serious study on uh, um, you know couples and uh, uh, couples selecting each other so it's based on you know uh, your uh, facial architecture and mm, there's a yeah. strong evidence so we say lookism lookism so when when someone is attracted to each other we have to uh, uh, actually know and disintegrate it and know what kind of love is this right <laughs> is it is it, a, is it a platonic love or is it a sexual love or what is this so uh, these these poets you know they have they have really uh, destroyed our our you know uh, thinking capacities and everything uh, i mean not all of them obviously there are some great <laughs> poets so, so they 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 have this love thing they it's it's completely you know it's very crazy uh, it's all lookism and there is a part which is platonic which is philosophical uh, but you know uh, uh, generally in the opposite gender it's lookism lookism it's a new one yeah yeah like you see that person and they look exactly how you want them to look and they act and they sound maybe exactly how you want them to act and sound and by act i don't mean their choices i just mean the way they move their body the way they smile whatever like that like it's still just a look many and, many many people will disagree here the the viewers but what is the one thing which which is the basis of marriage can you can you can you guess mm I think shared values. <laughs> you know, this is something which I would also guess. Okay. But scientists they disagree. Okay. You wouldn't believe it. What is what is beneath marriage? What is the basis of marriage? Well, so are you asking what should be the base of marriage, or what is in our in our world the way that it? What is actually what as is, a Homo sapien? I would say what as, is is like. Uh, Okay, okay. Let me help you. Think in a very hunter-gatherer, in a very jung jungle, and how we used to live in a jungle, and what used to happen in that time. Mm -hmm. Think, think like that. So that's Try more like right. Placing your a ideas in that that world. Social evolutionary perspective is, um, yes. Well, what underlies it is power and security, and the way each sex fulfills that is different but it's the same kind of principle is like the women want a man who's going to provide security and power and connections and social connections and money or resources to take care of the kids and the man wants a woman who is um beautiful doesn't have health problems the kids won't you know they'll grow up healthy she's you know able to have kids go deeper take, go take, deeper go huh? even more uh, go deeper deeper go even more deeper what what is the uh, try going out to the basic thing the basic thing uh what does a human want human wants sex and happiness and food and shelter food so basically food, food and sex food and sex got, you have got two choices okay yeah i mean Okay, so food and sex. Okay, so are you so, saying that both sexes want both, or are you saying that men want sex and women want food? 
I believe many people can disagree. The basis of marriage is sex. You can say that okay, security and this thing and values and this and that. This thing is right. This thing is correct. This is very cultural. It is not biological. Mm. It's not that you know the strong reason to connect with uh, an opposite gender. What is it? Yeah, I mean, it's sexual drive that you can't fulfill with other people that you find that you can with them because they're more beautiful or they're more in tune with you yes. or whatever the reason, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. So so if someone tells you that I want to marry, I like her poetry and I like her hair and I like uh, the way she explains and, you know, just just decipher it and look behind it. What is What is behind it? It is lookism in sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we are so afraid to say this. We are so afraid because because of our culture. You know, there, there, well, you there have is to have inter- the other things reason. also. Like I think what you're saying is this is what leads us to discover the other things about the person. And when we discover the other things about the person, if they're bad, then we'll get rid of them. Even if the sex is good, even if the looks is good. One interesting question: If someone is getting married to somebody. Can that person promise that, okay, he will have sexual intercourse or he, the person will sleep with only the, par- uh, the partner? Can he say that? Can he or she say that? Can one can... of the partners promise the other that that's what they'll do? Well, yeah, yeah, you can make a promise. But again, it goes back to what you're saying. You can't promise your feelings, but you can promise that you won't act on your feelings. You, you'll be surprised to know the answer. What's the You answer? can't. You can't promise? I mean, what do you mean? No. I could, uh, about, I could about, promise. You know, uh, that you won't be uh, engaging with other sex, uh, partners. You you can't promise that. You know why? You, are you saying you, an, sh- you shouldn't promise that? Is that what you mean? Because, I mean, anyone can promise anything they want. They can They can utter the words of a promise. You can't keep that promise. Yeah. Well, you might be able to keep it, but you can't keep that you don't want to, right? Like you're not in control of whether you want It's not about want. want. It, it's it's let's go deeper into into the biology. Yeah. So as as an animal, when we were evoluting, so first we were you know uh, this small cell, and then we became fish, and then we became you know some other uh, animal, then we became a monkey, then gorilla, then we became a, a Homo sapien, right. and Homo sapien was also you know first Homo erectus. Uh, first of all, some other kind of Homo sapien. Then, uh, then you know, gradually we improved and we became a full human being. So, as an animal, so animal you have seen, it it is very hypergamous. It has uh, sexual intercourse with many many animals. Not all of them, but yeah, there's many that do. Uh, for example, let's let's take the example of a dog or a gorilla. Mm. so we well, are fundamentally are, gorillas are probably a bad example just because i know gorillas are more monogamous than chimpanzees and chimpanzees are more are. monogamous than uh what's the other one the but, baboons i guess but but fundamentally they're very hypergamous they they don't have these contracts and courts and you know these con uh, these checks and bank system and this and that and <laughs> divorce and attorneys Right. So we see 
we see the world in the biological biological sense we are, we are animals yeah. the, uh, first of all we are animals then we are humans true hypergam uh, one cannot promise to be a monoga- uh, monogamous person although one can become a monogamous person but we are fundamentally hypergamous so mm-hmm. if you if you look look it up you know the statistics and uh, that how many people they get into adultery mm. you'll be shocked you'll be shocked maybe so what's the number i i would think it's like 60 70% so the the thing is the idea of mono monogamity it's it's like you cannot uh, so as shopenor said that you cannot want what you want you cannot want what you want yes ah so, so like you're, on a deeper more wise basis you want a healthy relationship and stability that the person's going to stay there and you have this great vision of how it's going to go but you can't want that because you want everything else yes you want hypergamity that's mm-hmm. what your biology wants you want to you uh, your uh, your dreams and your inner self uh, it just wants you to you know have uh, intercourse with infinite uh, uh, amount of uh, people infinite right. amount of choices and your your mind sort of you know uh, is in the dream that okay i i want that girl also i want that girl also and i want that girl also so this is our biology is telling us to do <laughs> but but you, you but you say okay you cannot get that girl you have to stay with this girl right for 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 100 years you have to stay with this girl <laughs> so you 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 can direct you can direct things so this is what uh, you know uh, nature called life denying things so he said uh, that life denying uh, okay. things what did you say yes okay life denying so he said this is these were anti life things anti life mm. so uh, this is what uh, he he thought th- this is what religion did to us so he uh, he said that uh, uh, in religion there were so many things that were against the nature of the human beings Sure. it was not taking into account for example if i tell you to you know stand on your head for the rest of your life so you will say bro i've got legs yeah i've got legs so uh, it's very absurd to actually do something which goes against your nature your nature is hypergamity mm. your nature is thinking your nature is freedom in sex there is lot of freedom there is there is uh i mean there is uh, infinitely more amount of freedom in sex so in poetry you uh, you see that poets are always you know talking about uh, these things the love and this because it has so much of freedom in it mm. so, so there what... are there are some biological things that we cannot you know go against we are animals first then we are homo sapiens And so let me ask you what are your what are your um, personal beliefs about love then? Do you believe love is actually something that can exist or is it just something we want to be there but isn't really there? I this is an interesting question. This is really very interesting question. So there is one philosophical love. I believe I believe so one can love someone one can love the thoughts and the way that someone is thinking you like the 
their their thought chain it's it's uh, it's sometimes great to actually know that okay this person oh god how did this idea come to come into this person's head wow what 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 a mind <clears throat> so this is this is something with uh, which which is platonic love so it is not involved sex at all so if my mind says oh that girl is hot oh this is a nice girl this is a different kind of love this is a sexual love for according to me love is really complicated and it exists in both the fractions so when you like a person you have that philosophical love also and you have that um, that sexual love also it's it's a very complex mixture of it which cannot be defined in you know uh, very clear forms it cannot be defined in very clear forms but i believe there is one platonic love and there is one sexual love and you're you're saying you believe you can have both in the same person true okay yeah because i think it would happen first that of course you'd have the sexual love with them first because that's what you first notice you know you know what they look like but as you get to know them and as they so there is a friend of mine he asks me uh, he he gives me a thought experiment he <clears> says <throat> okay you like this girl and i said yes i i really love this girl i really love this i cannot live without her this that and so on and so on you know so uh, uh it says you just find her beautiful so no man i really love her thoughts this and that i i i really love the way she explains and this and that <laughs> so he said okay accept it so can you live with this women for 100 years without touching her so uh, hmm that's an interesting question uh will i able be will i be able to live with her without touching her he says that's that's tough man he said how do you say that your love is only philosophical how uh-huh. do you say that there 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 is some sexual love in it bro so yeah. it it's an interesting thought experiment yeah it is interesting i don't know what it proves though what it, what would it prove if you said no i can't live without touching her and what would it prove if you said yeah i could live without touching her does that mean that you know if so you it's said it's an awareness it's an awareness it gives you an awareness yeah yes hmm. there's nothing right and nothing wrong in terms of you know life so whatever suits a person is best for the person hmm yeah so do you <clears throat> do you think that this whole social norm of marriage is really just a crock like what how do we get into this is it... this man this is really getting uh, i mean this is really domesticating society in a very uh, in a very uh, non productive way because so if you go into the uh, uh, depths of marriage so there was there was hypergamity animals they used to be hypergamous and due to that there were there was violence there was a lot of violence in the society because of the you know because animals they if they engage with something they assume that this is their territory they very territorial mm. we humans are also very territorial so this is my girl you won't touch her 
you won't look at her you won't talk to her so we we sort of think in those terms this is my girl this is my table this is my podcast this is my laptop this is my home so we think of thing we think in terms of territories and what do you think about that personally uh, uh i mean uh, uh, about what about possessiveness what are your thoughts about p- possessiveness it's biological it's biological so in in you know interestingly in buddhism they say that nothing's yours you came in this world with nothing and you you're going to go with nothing it's it's beautiful it's beautiful but uh, the thing is that uh, the concept of will to power so what we we what uh, what we like is we like to expand our territory we like to you know uh, our, expand our reach onto people onto our values we want people to follow our set of values we want to impose things very fascist kind of very dictatorial kind of you know uh, mm. we have this uh, thing that we have this will will to will to dominate and you know will to impose so uh, so what in our dreams we want is we want everybody to you know think uh, we want to make a duplicate of ourselves so the, it's it's uh, it's very complex so we want to expand our our things you know territory territory expansion dreams expansion and uh, we want to expand whatever whatever things we can get hands on mhm i'm just thinking about like my i'm reflecting and putting that over my own life to see you know in my own life how have i thought about that how have i done that um i think the thing that came to me while you were speaking was that there's a lot of people that are not like that and i think that doesn't mean what you're saying is invalid i believe that it is fundamental kind of like i think it's a stage of development you know like how a um a tadpole turns into a frog kind of like over the course of your life or maybe over the course of different generations you know we as a society are evolving too so when when things like this like you and i when we talk we'll we'll have evolved a little bit in the conversation sometimes we we devolve too because we're like oh yeah we're we're both right cool. about this so we'll stick harder to it but um cool. when i was younger i was very expansionist and i i wanted to you know get wealthy and i still do but i think i am That's i'm nice. gradually evolving to be more of a minimalist be more of a i'm going to find inner peace and contentment i started reading buddhism stuff that you're talking about makes makes sense to me um and i've ha- and i've tried to become wealthy with my fund and with investing and doing businesses and um but i think now i'm as i'm turning 40 i'm starting to learn that what's going to make me in my heart happy not any judgment about expansion but what's going to what is that you just don't need to like for me i don't need to expand to be happy i will always still expand and try to expand cuz why not but like if i'm stymied if i'm stopped if i fail if i have setbacks it doesn't affect me as much because i realize my true mission my true 
desire in my heart is to contribute to the world, my knowledge and help the world grow and awaken. And, and so I think there's, there's a lot of people like that before me, and there will be people like that after me. And there'll be people that are not like that yet that will be like that in 20 years because they'll come across this podcast and other, other conversations with people like you, and they'll start to wake up. And that's one thing that I want to help is that, that awakening process for the world, you know, because our society will as a group evolve too. And we have. So what if I say that you want to expand your thoughts now? Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, so uh, in terms of thinking uh, that we are expanding, we want to increase our awakening. Uh, we want to increase our our view of the world. We want to increase the comfort uh, that uh, a person lives in. You know, we we try to push ourselves uh, ourselves in time to time but what we seek is so this very interesting thing this philosopher emile chiran he says so we all want to go in our mother's womb mm, there's some truth to that you just want to go back yeah. in your cave and not have to worry about anything you know <laughs> no responsibility man i just want to rest i just want to dream i so so many people say this thing i want to go on a vacation on a beach and you know i just want to rest this is my life goal so yeah it is what's the so, what's the name i'm typing him up in google what's his name emile uh, so it's it's like emile siran uh, e m i l e space c i o r e n he's a pessimist you know, you you you'll probably get depressed reading him. <laughs> okay, I found him on here. The trouble with being born. Yes, yes, this guy. <laughs> this guy is like crazy, crazy. This guy, but you know, the negative things and the pessimism, it kind of resolves you in a in a very weird and very strange way. It gives you resolution to many things. I'm going to show the, the picture just so anyone who watches this can see. <laughs> but yeah, no, interesting. No, I think there's a lot to be, I think it was um, Kierkegaard who said, you know, the, and, and maybe I could be misattributing this, but one of those philosophers said um, all men's, like all men's pain and sorrow or something like this comes from his inability to just sit in a room. Is if we yeah. could just sit, yeah. sit here in the room and think, not do anything, we would not have to deal with all these problems. <laughs> but I don't know who it was. I'm going to look it up, actually. Yes, yes. It might be Kafka. Stem from all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly. It comes from Blaise Pascal. Yeah. Is that what you said? Pascal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. No, and, no. That was Franz Kafka. I said Franz Kafka. Oh, Blaise okay. Pascal was also a very, very nice person. Wonderful yes. philosopher. What do you What do you know about Pascal? I don't, I don't have anything to. So, that I remember. Uh, so I also don't, you know, uh, remember the exact fractions. But I read him, and I remember feeling good when I read him. Mm. Who Who else like that have you read? Tell me a little bit about you, man. I we haven't really 
introduce ourselves even that's pretty cool but I mean we kind of are yeah. but you know tell me a little bit about yourself so uh, I'm an engineer here uh, working uh, from like uh, seven eight years in the IT industry uh, so and really you know interested in philosophy and these kind of hobbies dance and this thing and uh, that's pretty much me well did you did you um, did you study philosophy in college or how did you start to no no i actually uh, it was my hobby and uh, i used to read uh, schopenhauer a lot and schopenhauer i i really loved his way of you know ex- expression mm. and then uh, i mean consequently i uh, found nietzsche frederick nietzsche uh in the process and then i found many kierkegaard and you know uh, all those peterson and uh, this uh, existential simon de beauvoir and all, all all these existentialist philosophers so um, i mean reading their thoughts and having the existential crisis was like a regular thing now <laughs> i think that's similar to me too what so how old are you 30 you're 30 okay I'm just, I'm about to turn 40 next year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think when you get to thirties and forties, that's when you start to really wake up and have some time and have some extra money. You're at a point in your life where you're, you do start to question your existence a little bit and see (laughs) what what do you want to do with this thing called the rest of your life, you know? So I, uh, I regularly, what I do is I look at my Instagram statistics, the insights the demographics that i get and i see who all are the people who are liking my posts and you know interacting with them so uh, uh, the age group between 25 to 35 they are uh, uh, i mean uh, it is the biggest fraction which is interacting with my page 25 to 35 mm-hmm. and people from uh, new york london uh, are interacting with my uh, posts. Uh, I mean, it, it, it is the largest fraction. Hmm. How did you get to the develop your page? I mean, what did you do, to, like marketing wise, or did you just start posting and that was it? Or I uh, actually uh, the page was actually very accidental. Uh, you know, it's just I created that in December. I had read a lot. <laughs> and you know as as they say that you have to express or you know you can't live without expression it was really very accidental so i created this page and i started posting this whatever my my thoughts were i started posting quotations and i started pushing ha- uh, putting hashtags in it mm-hmm. and you know uh, slowly slowly i i uh, i used to follow uh, people who were uh, who had philosophical leanings and they used to follow me also so for the first 1000 followers i kept following people the with philosophical leanings for example i go to a page there, there is a nietzsche quote and i see people that who who all have liked that page so i start following them they they follow me follow me back so for 1000 followers i did that so i had 1000 audience and i was like really happy i can talk to them i can i can post uh, uh, whatever i want and they were liking it 
so uh, then followers sort of coming up uh, start coming up uh, they liked peterson they liked nicha they liked dostoevsky so the the followers they kept growing i uh, i kept an eye on the graph how how they were growing and also uh, there was this guy who who has a page he kept interacting with me so he said oh, okay congratulations man now you have 2000 congratulations now you have 5000 so it really comes down to uh, what how should i say this it really comes down to expression you know mm. if for example you have 10 million followers so what really matters is uh, you expressing yourself in a free way in a, a, a you expressing yourself so so when you have 10 million followers you cannot post stuff that people would dislike you cannot post this thing that thing okay i will lose followers this thing people people like more, more of this stuff i should only post this stuff so that that is that is the you know the downfall that is the downfall of the influencer or the artist or the philosopher or whatever scientist whatever so you have to post what you think is right you cannot take uh, people's opinion mm. so you will you will lo- lose your own individuality if you do that people disagree nothing, but they can't really nothing, blame you know they can't nothing really blame nothing harder than speaking the truth in this yeah. world nothing harder yeah you and you got a great name philosophize truth that's a great name <laughs> so you know this this uh, this name also i i used to listen to philosophize this podcast a lot uh, on youtube and on spotify there's there's this uh, podcast philosophize this okay so i used to listen to that i i i just love that guy guy's expression and you know the kind of uh, the way his presentation thing and his thoughts they were really nice so i i was really inspired uh, by that podcast name so I, i i thought what should be the name so i thought okay let's 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 put it nice like well, yeah do you have a youtube you i think you're you've got a good video presence i feel like you know with it with just a little bit different lighting and a back background you could have a really good video show Mm, yes youtube uh actually this whole uh, this um, social media thing it happened to me like uh, i uh, i did not have that much awakening about social media i had a very um, <clears throat> very uh, i mean uh, uh, how should i say this uh, i i am not at social media a lot i mean i am like really away from the world mm. and the only time i go into that world and i interact with that world is when there is something philosophical or there is something meaningful or there is something good yeah. so yes i am i am actually planning to expand but it will happen at its own pace and i don't want to you know speed up or anything true i i have my individuality i have my leanings i want to contribute i want to awaken people and awaken myself also So yes, uh, it will happen. That's cool. Now, and I understand that. You know, you, I kind of like that to some extent too. When I go into Instagram, I'm not either going in to find a video or some quote like yours that you post, or I'm going to post something. I'm not going to scan through tons of things and looking at all, all kinds of. I went last year and I just 
unfollowed a bunch of people I didn't really know that I was looking at that were like we were talking about earlier, beautiful. <laughs> and like, I was like, okay, they're not ever going to, I'm never going to have an interaction with them. So I'm not going to follow them. And then yeah. that helped a lot. And then just this, that, this that thing is also principle. very, very revolutionary resetting, resetting your life. Resetting. Okay, yeah, exactly. You've got to have a new really reset point, a new start, start over fresh. Re- people, I mean, people actually find it very difficult. It is because it's that identity. And that's why I'm doing project rewrite is because their identity is, is so strong there and it's their ego that that's what they don't realize is their identity is their ego. It's the same thing, but their identity is so strong. This is who I am. This is what I believe. This is the way that is right in the world that, you know, yeah. it's so hard and you know, to, the problem is not with learning. The problem is with unlearning unlearning. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Well, man, thanks for joining me today. I'm glad we got a little bit of time and I definitely would love to do this again sometime. We actually hit our hour mark right here. Can you believe it? That was fast. <laughs> that, that was that was fantastic. It was yeah. it was lovely. Let's keep it going and, you know, keep sharing your thoughts. I mean, maybe we can find a, like a way to, you know, have dialogue other than just podcasts once in a while, but it'd be fun to do it again, you know? So Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. All right, all right, Robert. In touch. See you, bro. Okay, okay, bye, bro.